This podcast episode, while not explicit, contains some gruesome details about violence that may be troubling for some listeners to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy Life Podcast, a podcast with a wide variety of creepy topics for all your true crime, paranormal, and otherwise spooky needs. I'm Thomas. I'm Sparky. And this is the fourth thing we've recorded today. Yeah, because we have been busy. Yes. It's cool. I'm not stressed. No. I have no stress. No, we're not stressed. So, what's new with you? You know, I got tested this morning for COVID. I'm, uh... Oh, the test I, came back negative, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's just sitting here breathing his COVIDness on me. I don't have COVID. Yet. No. There have been people that I work with that are firm believers it doesn't exist, and have decided that even though company policy says if you even cough, you have to go home, they'll come to work honestly sounding like they're about to die. So... Yeah. Well, okay, so... One of my bosses for my secondary job posted on Facebook, you know, that picture of the office where I think it's Dwight and Michael and someone else, and they've got the finger guns at each other, and they're like in a... Oh, the, like the Mexican standoff? Yeah. Yeah. Who was the third guy? Was it Ryan? Or was it uh, Andy? Andy. So it says the Western U.S. right now, COVID cough, fire cough, allergy cough. If you guys don't know, the um, entire western side of the United States is on fire. Yeah. And we, it's actually getting really close to us. Yeah, we have fires probably. The what? next county over, we do. Yeah, next county over. Um, A town I used to live in, Twin Falls, Idaho, they have fires that are about 30 miles away from there. And that is absolutely frightening. Mm-hmm. There's been lots of posts, because I have lots of friends that live there, lots of posts about like the fairgrounds have opened up for people to bring livestock if they've been evacuated. That's... Scary. Yeah. I mean, we know California having fires. I mean, everyone knows about California and the wildfires. It's just a given. Because of gender reveal parties. Because of gender reveal parties. And it has nothing to do with, you know, global warming or anything. Because... Well, the trees just will explode if they get too hot. They'll explode if they get too hot. And in the words of our fine commander-in-chief, it'll cool down. (laughs) It always cools down. Never mind that Death Valley hit like 130 degrees Fahrenheit this year. It'll cool down. I don't like it when it gets to be 90. I'm <laughs> I, a Minnesota girl at heart. I, I, I think I've driven through Death Valley once. My parents used to talk about that a lot. I don't remember though. I used to live in Southern California. so I Me used to, too. I think kidding. I might have driven through there at one time. I don't I know. wanted to go there so bad. I really want to go to Hollywood. I never got to go to Hollywood. I want to see the sign. I want to stand on the sign, and I want to face dive off the sign. Well, you'll find a little slip of paper at the top that helps you solve the crime of a murder that was done to a young actress by a movie producer in Vinewood. He hates me. For a second there, I thought you were going to go L.A. Noir. Nope. 
then he, said, then he said Vinewood. <laughs> I haven't even played in like over a month. But isn't, I isn't there like a, a murder or something with a yeah. Hollywood sign in L.A. Noire? And you have to... Uh, oh, I don't know. I need to hug up the 360 and play it again. That's it's what, a great game. I love that game. It's a little clunky it's compared from, to GTA Five. But... Yeah, but it, it's an older game. I know, but those cars, it's so hard to drive. I actually didn't in mind In real life and in games. <laughs> It's me. I'm hoping, you know, I want a remake of Elena Noir. Like, not really a, a remake, but then like an update. Just remake it? Oh, I don't know. I haven't they followed it. in the it. last couple of years. Well, either way, and I want that sequel we've been promised. Yeah, we talked about this last episode. I don't care. I want the sequel to Elena Noir, and I want Rockstar to finally admit that they're going to completely remake the original Red Dead Redemption game so that it plays more like Red Dead Redemption 2, and they tweak the story so the man with the hat is actually the guy from Red Dead Redemption 2. I want them to tweak the original Mass Effect so it plays more like 3. Because the original was pretty clunky, too. Yeah, I can't... But it's such a fun... Like, it's a... I love Mass Effect. I've never gotten past, like, the first mission in the first Mass Effect game, but I've beaten 2 and 3. Yeah, it's hard. I I read a synopsis, and I've watched playthroughs. So I know what's going on. Just... You didn't ask me how my week was. How was your week? Stressful. Life of a teacher. Yeah. This week, though, I also did get some uh, aspirations, or a new aspiration. That a I grilled would... cheese aspiration, like in The Sims? No. I decided that I want to buy a silver straight razor, and I want to carry it with me at all times like a pocket knife. And if anyone is really annoying me, I'm just going to pull it out, stare at it like I'm a maniac, and start singing My Friends from Sweeney Todd. Okay, that reface thing you sent me yesterday? He put his face on Sweeney Todd, and at first I didn't even notice that anything was different. I'm I'm kind of obsessed with Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Look, there she is. Uh, Okay, let's get started. Okay, so (laughs) you're you're from the uh, landlocked iceberg, right? I'm sorry, I had to. There are so many jokes about Minnesota. And honestly, when I've been there, I was there during late December a couple years ago, and they were having like a heat wave. I never wore a coat once. Yeah, that was a really warm December. Everyone keeps telling me about how Minnesota is so cold and their winter's going forever. and So I had to make a joke about it. I, 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 in the part of Nebraska I lived in, we never really got snow. I mean, if we did, it was like an inch or two. And that was it. It'd be gone in a day. FYI, my cat has decided she needs to join us. She's my baby. So if you hear strange background noises, that would be what that is. Well, the reason that I bring up Minnesota, today we're going to talk about the Wendigo. Now, what do you know about the Wendigo? That it's something that people frequently confuse with skinwalkers. Oh, yeah. Um, But they're also scary, like, real bad. And when I first started realizing, oh, I kind of like creepy things, but I still don't like horror movies, I... Read this, like, I think it was like a Rinker thought catalog thing about Wendigos, and it scared me real bad. I want to keep it with more well known stories, more documented. Okay. In northern Minnesota, Canada, you know, the Great Lakes region, where a lot of time in the winter it is almost like a giant iceberg. Yeah, yeah. There's rumors of a malevolent being known as the Wendigo. Now, here's what's unique about this it may appear as a monster. And I'll get into that description later, but it can also appear as a human, but it can also be a spirit that has possessed a human and made them monstrous. I don't um, like it. 
It's commonly associated with cannibalism, murder, insatiable greed, and cultural taboos against such behaviors. The English word Wendigo comes from the Ojibwe word Wendigo and the Cree word Witiko. And there have been many, many transliterations of the word that went into actually the English word Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Some of them that I found are Witigo and Witigo and Witigo. Okay. Some of them, they roughly translate as the evil spirit that devours mankind. That's good. Yeah. Love it. It is part of a traditional belief system of an, a lot of Algonquin-speaking tribes, including the Ojibwe, the Saltax, the Cree, the Naskapi, and the Inu. Okay. A lot of the descriptions are very similar among these tribes. They see it as a malevolent, cannibalistic, and a supernatural being. They're strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. Which makes sense. Cannibalism, you know. Yeah. The Wendigo is a creature or evil spirit that first appeared in the, the Algonquin tribes that were based in the northern forests of like Nova Scotia, Canada, the Great Lakes region. It's described as being a monster. It's got characteristics of humans, characteristics of some animals. There's a legend that the first ever Wendigo was a lost hunter who, during a brutally cold winter, his intense hunger drove him to cannibalism. And after feasting on another human's flesh, he turned into a crazed man-beast that roamed the forest in search of more people to eat. Appetizing, right? Another version of that story, the Wendigo is said to have been a warrior who made a deal with the devil in order to save his tribe. He gave up his soul and was transformed into a Wendigo. But when peace ensued, there was no need for such a creature, and the warrior was banished from his tribe and forever has lived as an outcast. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Pretty great. There are some slight variations as to its description amongst the different Algonquin peoples, but it's generally agreed that they have glowing eyes, long yellowed fangs, and long tongues. Really pretty. Oh, absolutely. They're said to have sallow and yellowish skin, and some say that they have like matted hair. Some say they have decaying skin, and sometimes they're described as having a human head, but other times they have the head of like a deer. Complete with antlers. So they're forsworn. Pretty much. And let's just keep bringing it back to the video game references. Because... She plays a lot of Skyrim, okay? According to historian Nathan Carlson, it's been said that the Wendigo has large, sharp claws, massive eyes like an owl. However, some people will describe it as a skeleton-like figure with ash-toned skin. This creature, it actually gives it its name to a medical term called Wendigo psychosis. Uh, It's described by psychiatrists as a culture-bound syndrome with symptoms such as an intense craving of human flesh and fear of becoming a cannibal. In some communities, environmental destruction and insatiable greed are also seen as a manifestation of Wendigo psychosis. Yeah. This picture, we'll make sure I put this one up, but it's uh, what I think of when I think of a Wendigo. Mm. It's like a deer... That's all bloody, and it's got, like, supremely long arms with, like, claws at the end. It's, it's not pretty. I don't, I don't like it. Or this. Oh, cute. Cute. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Mm-hmm. Not a pretty creature. I'm sorry, you. <laughs> okay, so the English word Wendigo that we use so frequently, it's tossed around on a lot of creatures, honestly. A lot of, uh... 
a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. In fact, I think it was the first episode of the TV show Supernatural featured a, a Wendigo. You don't like that show, do you? No. I've, I've never actually seen an episode. Why don't you watch it? I've known too many people that were so obsessed with it, mm. and it just annoyed me. From what I've seen, though, there's an awesome car, like an Impala or something. It looks really cool. Basil H. Johnston, an Ojibwe teacher and scholar, described the Wendigo as, and I quote, The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin. Its complexion is ash gray of death, and its eyes push back deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from separation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption. That's, Ooh. uh, that's something. So, uh, some of the... So it smells good and it, it looks good. It smells great and it mm. looks good. I wonder how it tastes. No, I don't know. Let's go kill one. Oh. We'll roast it over an open fire. No, oh, I feel bad. One time I accidentally killed a toad and I still feel guilty about it. Okay, then. We um, put it on the trampoline because we were stupid kids. Okay. I still feel bad. So, in some of these tribes, they describe it as being a giant... Some say that it's as, as tall as 15 feet. Oh, yeah, because this thing really needs to be super tall to be horrifying. Yep. But then some of the other tribes, it's just like normal size. Maybe it's slightly bigger than a human. Cool. Great. Wonderful. When it eats, it's said to grow in proportion to the amount that it ate. So it's never full. They portray them as being gluttonous as well as suffering from starvation. Gluttonous in the fact that they want to just do nothing but eat. But they never reach... Fullness, and they always look emaciated. That would be an awful way to live. The Wendigo is seen as the embodiment of gluttony, greed, and excess. Never satisfied after killing and consuming one person, they are constantly searching for new victims. In some traditions, humans overpowered by greed can turn into Wendigos. The myth is sometimes believed that it's a method of uh, encouraging more cooperation and moderation instead of going out and being the kind of a self-obsessed person. And really, a lot of folklore in different tribes, they use horrible monsters to try and discourage a lot of... Yeah, taboo. And then in some other traditions, they say Wendigos were created when humans resort to cannibalism to survive. That's the one that I've heard the most, I think. And it also says that a human can turn into a Wendigo by being in contact with them for too long. So just being around a Wendigo can turn you into a Wendigo. Yeah, I think cannibalism is like... One of my deepest fears, because Sweeney Todd, like we've talked about, I like the show, but I can't watch it all the time. Even the musical, where it's not as gory, you know, is obviously fake. The idea of eating other humans, to me, is just, like, really disgusting. And so there's Wendigos, there's Sweeney Todd, and there's zombies. Those are all, like, the worst things to me. So the Algonquin stories describe the Wendigo as a giant with a heart of ice. Sometimes it is thought to be entirely made of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. Ooh. Yeah, that's a little creepy. Missing lips. So the Ojibwe describe it as a large creature as tall as a tree with a lipless mouth and jagged teeth. Its breath was a strange hiss, footprints full of blood, and it ate any man, woman, or child who ventured into its territory. And these were the lucky ones. 
Sometimes the Wendigo chose to possess a person, and then the luckless individual became a Wendigo himself, hunting down these he once loved and feasting upon their flesh. So, I found this thing on Wendigo psychosis, which I thought was interesting. It's a historical account, and it's from a book from 1661 called The Jesuit Relations. At this time, a lot of Jesuit missionaries were going around trying to spread Catholicism and to kind of earn favor and get funding, you know, and support for these missions. They would write books about their encounters, things that they would find, and then, you know, they'd be published back home. Hmm. This is a quote from one of the books. Okay. It was published in 1661. Okay. What caused us greater concern was the news that met us upon entering the lake, namely that men disputed by our conductor for the purpose of summoning the nations of the North Sea and assigning them a rendezvous, where they were to await our coming, had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. These poor men, according to the given report, were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They were affected with neither lunacy, hypochondria, or frenzy, but have a combination of all these species of disease, which affects their imaginations and causes them a more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men like veritable werewolves and devour them voraciously without being able to appease or glut their appetite, ever seeking fresh prey and the more greedily, the more they eat, this ailment attacked our deputies, and, as death is the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such acts as murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. Does anybody else have a stomach ache? So yeah, this priest was supposed to meet some people, and um, they went mad and tried to eat people and were killed for it. That's a little nuts. And that was like 400 years ago. I don't like it. Now, I have a couple cases I wanted to talk about. This is going to be a shorter episode. That's fine. But in 1878, there was a uh, particularly harsh winter. And Swift Hunter was a member of the Plains Cree. He was a trapper. And his family was starving. His oldest son had died shortly before this of starvation. And they were 25 miles from a Hudson Bay Company post where they could get supplies. But, again, the winter was so bad, getting out yeah. was dangerous. It's not like... It's not like they had a car they could just hop in. Right. So, instead of trying to make the trek to find supplies for his family, he killed his wife and five children and ate them. Again, does anyone else have a stomachache? How do you decide that you're more important than somebody else so they get to die so you can survive? I don't know. You know, at least with the donor party... They pretty much waited till they died to eat them. Mm-hmm. Same with the uh, the Essex uh, tragedy. I don't think I know about that one. I don't think I need to know about it either. I'm going to cover it eventually. Oh, great. It's what inspired Moby Dick. You have that funny look in your eye. What a funny look. What's the look? What's the look? Wendigo. Oh, no. No, I just don't know anything about Moby Dick other than it's about a whale and it's got a funny name. Okay, but considering that they were only 25 miles away from supplies, it's believed that it wasn't a case of cannibalism just to survive, Mm -hmm. but he may have had 
Wendigo psychosis. Good. Yeah. But he eventually um, confessed, mm-hmm. and he was then executed by authorities at Fort I wonder Saskatchewan. How long, I wonder how long it took for him to be executed. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes it seems like back in those days, the execution was pretty quick. Yeah, it wasn't like modern day where you can sit on death row for like 30 years. Yeah, until you die. Literally, the yeah. old age. Sometimes. But I almost wonder, because a lot of times they were really cruel, you know, to prisoners and stuff back then. So even though I know Fort Saskatchewan, that would have been Canada. But do you think they happened to just kind of walk by him and hold up their arm, put a little A1 on there, and just kind of look at him, look at their arm, <laughs> try and gauge his reaction? Well, I would hope that none of them are that dumb, but they're... Okay, and now the last case that I have is Jack Fiddler. On the roof? Sure! Jack Fiddler was an OG Creed chief and medicine man who had a reputation for killing Wendigos. Claimed that he had killed 14 Wendigos. Yeah, okay. He was usually asked by family members to kill a very sick loved one before they turned into a Wendigo. Question. Mm-hmm. So you said earlier that... If someone spends too much time around Wendigos, they can turn into them? Yes. According to that legend, uh, Wendigo would choose to possess someone, and just being around it would cause them to turn into a Wendigo. Okay. What about this guy killing all the Wendigos? And he's a, he's pretty close to them. He was never really possessed by them. Okay. I was making a prediction. In some cases, the Wendigo, him or herself, would actually ask him to kill them. So they're human enough that they can speak... Human languages. Mm-hmm. Fiddler's own brother, a man named Peter Flett, was killed after turning Wendigo when the food ran out on a trading expedition. Oh, good. Yeah. In some cases, he was actually killing people that he believed had Wendigo psychosis mm-hmm. without having any proof. Oh. He just suspected. <laughs> I wish I could get away with that. <laughs> You're really annoying. You must have Wendigo psychosis. Goodbye. So after killing at least 14... Probably completely innocent people. Mm-hmm. In 1907, Jack and his brother Joseph were arrested by Canadian authorities for homicide. Canadian. Now, they were elderly at this point. They were charged with murdering, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, I'll spell it, W-A-H-S-A-K-A-P-E-E-Q-U-A-Y, which was... Okay, what she said. Which was Joseph's daughter-in-law that they killed the year before. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Now, what was interesting, they would let these prisoners go out and walk to get some exercise. Mm-hmm. And it was during one of these that Jack Fiddler escaped, and he hanged himself. He was found hanging in a tree later that day. Now, here's what's really sad. Joseph was officially sentenced to life in prison, mm-hmm. and he was later pardoned, but... He died three days before the news arrived to tell him. That's awful. That is awful. Because from what I found, there was no real proof that he himself actually killed anyone. Yeah. Most evidence that I found pointed to his brother. So I guess by modern terms, he would be accessory, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, he was quite old. And there are photographs of both Swift Runner and Jack Fiddler online. Hmm. It's kind of gross. But yeah, um... How do you feel about Wendigos? I don't know what to think about Wendigos, honestly. From 
you know, a cultural point of view, having a creature that is used to scare people into being good, it's something incredibly common. A lot of cultures do use that. Even our culture, we use Santa Claus is always watching to keep kids from misbehaving. Even though, I'm sorry. Krampus is much more effective. Krampus is much more effective. Back to Santa Claus, honestly, the idea of a fat old man watching you while you're sleeping is just disturbing. And when they sing about it with such cheer, I'm like, really? I grew up never believing in Santa Claus. I grew up being constantly paranoid that I would look at my windows and there would be a face looking back at me when I was laying in bed. You want to know the scariest thing that ever happened to me? What? I had this friend, lived in the woods. I was young, paranoid. I grew up in a town, so in the woods was just kind of weird. And I was staying at their house, and his bedroom, it had been a living room, and like the entire wall was windows and kind of like a some of the top. We were sleeping on bunk beds. I was on the top bunk. So right above me was just windows and trees. And I can remember having a nightmare that I was being watched. And when I opened my eyes, it was the middle of night. And there were two yellow eyes staring back at me. And that's when you peed the bed, right? No, I didn't pee the bed. What was it? It was a cat in the tree. But still, it was enough to scare the crap out of me. So you pooped the bed. Totally. Uh, I don't I don't go for any of that weakling peeing the bed. I go for the full deuce. I don't know what to do with you. Yeah, that's what they all say. Can I tell you the story that Wendigo-wise yes. like, always freaked me out? Hit me. So, I tried to find the article where you were first explaining your stuff, but I, I read it, like, years ago before I even met you. I don't remember what site it was on. But it was, like, a collection of scary stories, you know, and... Somebody was talking about how they were, like, driving, and they saw something that wasn't quite right. They thought maybe it was a wolf or something, or, like, maybe a deer, but they couldn't really... It was, like, three or four years ago that I read this. But, uh, it looked like an animal, but then it stood up on its hind legs, and these two guys in the car, and they freak out, and they speed away. And it was a Wendigo, and it runs, and it runs next to the car. That is creepy. See, I'm always afraid to, like, drive through heavily wooded areas at night because, number one, axe murderers. Number two, clowns. Because that scary clown thing years ago, I never got over it. Number three, Wendigos. Number four, ghosts on the side of the road hitchhiking. You know, honestly, I think you need to listen to Time Suck. I think it's episode four or five. He does one on killer clowns. No. No, you need to listen to it because in all of his research... Mm -hmm. It didn't seem like there was any actual evidence of the clown thing. Okay, but let me tell you. Well, no. Um, Other than hysteria. Maybe that's the story I will do. There is actually a killer clown. Not John Wayne Gacy. It was a woman. Or they killed a woman. I don't remember. I think I'll do that story next week. Okay, because I'm, I'm a little curious about that. Because in this episode, which I listened to while I was waiting at the doctor, he said he could find no evidence of clowns being a maniac killer. It was a single murder, I think, oh, okay. if I'm remembering correctly. I remember there's a podcast about it, but I don't remember. I'll figure it out. Do you remember, like, four or five years ago when that was the big thing? There were <laughs> the creepy clowns on the side of the road and whatever? Oh, yeah. I Honestly, I don't... My students were horrified. That was my first year of teaching, and that was all they wanted to talk about. I don't really believe any of it really happened. No, I, I think there was a lot of hysteria, and I think a lot of... Stupid kids were getting masks and stuff, and I think they were taking photographs and posting them online, which was aiding more hysteria. Yes, 
there is actual documented evidence that someone put on a clown mask and a knife and tried to rob like a convenience store on the East Coast. Yeah, but the extent that everyone went nuts over, I think most of it was just mass hysteria. Meow, meow, meow. Okay. Anyway. Because so, I'm, I'm actually Dwight Schrute, and I have weapons hidden all throughout the office. You are a pretty good combination of Dwight Schrute and Ron Swanson. False. Nanny Dwyer. Definitely some Andy in there. I am April Ludgate. Slash Leslie Nope. I don't really identify too much with the office characters. I don't know. You got a little bit of Michael Scott in you. Oh, God, no. Maybe a Jim or Pam. I like to be silly, but I'm not honestly, quite as honestly, mean. Honestly, don't, don't take offense to this. Angela. Yeah. Because when you are working, you are like, you're in the zone and everything has to be neat and organized. Yeah, I can see that. Plus the cat lady thing. I have an idea. What's that? So I know you don't celebrate Halloween. But it's my favorite time of year. Mm-hmm. It's spooky season, mm-hmm. as I've been saying literally every day. Can we do, like... You know, I think I know what you're getting at, and I was actually thinking we needed to do a Halloween episode. So what do you want to do for spooky season? I was thinking about doing a Halloween episode. I am of Irish descent. Halloween comes from the Celtic traditions. So I grew up researching a lot of that, and I think... Why don't we share an episode? Well, we it, it could be a special episode. I am willing to cover the like the origins of Halloween, where it comes from, because it is still creepy. Okay, but this is what I was going to say. I would really like to try and get some listener stories. And I know you have some stories. I've had some interesting stuff happen to me. Yeah. But I've had some minor ones that I could share, but I really think we should do like a listener episode, maybe like on Halloween and then for our episode that week or the week before we could do what you were talking about. What do you think? Depends what we what we get. We could just do a short our stories one too at one point. But yeah. As Liz Sauer says on Ghosts in the Burbs, it's our high holy season for spooky people like me. You see, I like Halloween but for a very like the season. For a very different reason. Candy. Pumpkin spice. The day after Halloween, all the candy goes on clearance, and then I get my home decor for the next year. I'm a total Karen, so I'm all about the pumpkin spice. You are not a Karen. And talking to managers. Anyway, this has been a nice tangent-heavy episode. It has been. I mean, I mean, though, I covered what it was, a couple documented stories, because really, sometimes when you're doing cryptids, there's a little bit more evidence that can be documented, whether it's completely fake or not. I know with like Sasquatch sightings, you know, there's there's footprints, there's audio, whether it's fake or not, there's something there that's tangible that you can talk about. But with the Wendigo, I couldn't really find a whole lot. Most of it just legends. And so I knew this wasn't going to be a super long episode. That's okay. Anyway, sources? Sources. Oh, yeah, let me pull out my handy dandy notebook here. Okay, so my sources come from Wikipedia. <gasps> Shocker. Legends of America. They had a, a nice Wendigo article. TBSnews.net on a Legend of the Wendigo article. And a YouTube video about the Wendigo. All will be posted in our show notes. We have show notes. Yeah. That's uh pretty much it. There is one thing that I think I know you probably wanted to mention. Hmm. It seems a certain episode you did hit oh, yeah. an insane amount of plays for us. Nutty Putty is now at 150 plays, and all the rest of them have less than half of that. So, 
I'm not sure what happened there, but... I'm I, not sure if it's the name or just... I don't know, but I appreciate it. Yeah, you guys, um, you guys are awesome. And I, I'm happy that, you know, it's, you know, telling his story, because it's still just, it's such a tragedy. It really is. Anyway, not also... A, not a pleasant story. No. But thank you for listening. We love you. We want to do listener story episodes for Halloween for sure, but even after that, we, to start maybe every other month or so. If you have any stories, please send them to us at creepylifepodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. If we get enough, I mean, if we're getting like one or two here and there, we'll like, it'll be like an extra tacked on to the end of an episode. But if we get enough, we could do an entire episode of just yeah listener stories. Also, you can message us on Facebook. Or we have a Creepy Life page. Or you can post in our group. We're both pretty active in there. Yeah, we uh, just, in the last, uh, like, two weeks, we had, like, three people request to join in, which... We're so famous! Which is awesome, (laughs) because for a while, everyone that was joining was friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's people on there we don't know. Yeah, now we have people that uh, we don't know and none of our friends know, but you listen to the podcast and you actually wanted to join our group, and we thank you for that. That is awesome. Also, if you do listen, please say hi. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I want to get to know you guys. As Aaron Mankey says, I like it when people say hi at the end of lore. We also have Twitter and Instagram. If you search Creepy Life, we'll come up. Yeah, if, oh. if you get on Twitter, Creepy Life, that's her. At Buffalo's is my Twitter. So, a week or two ago, I got an email from Amazon saying, Hey, Amazon Podcast is coming. Apply to get your podcast featured or get it on the player. So, Creepy Life Podcast is now on Amazon Podcast. Which is awesome. Yeah. So, if you want a new place to listen, or your friends want to listen through Amazon, we're there. Yeah, anyway, I don't think I have anything else I want to say right now. I don't either. I think we're done. This I think is... I need to go take a nap. I think I need to find some food. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. You were awesome. Stay creepy. Stay creepy.